And welcome to another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We're back in the studio this week. Austin Huff, sports editor. With me, Evan Leapack, sports ed- uh, sports reporter of the Goshen News. Sports, Not the editor. Sports I am editor the editor. As well. yeah. I, I don't have much power. I get to flex it once a week when I do the intro of the podcast. You and try I to give me some of it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Evan, how are you? Good. Fantastic. How I'm are you not, doing? I, I'm You've good. already I, said how you're doing. We're doing great. Yeah, I, I'm doing good. I know you were feeling a little under the weather earlier this week, so I'm glad you have recovered. Yeah, I'm fine. Wow. So you weren't spry. sick. You weren't sick. Good. I'm spry now. Good. Way, yeah. to, way to be lying. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> I just want to work from home. Um, <laughs> you might have heard another voice in there, and that's because we have a couple guests in our studio today. We are doing a special episode focusing on the state of high school officiating, refereeing, umpiring, whatever the word is for the sport. That's what we're focusing on today. And we have two very uh, distinguished guests in our studio. The voice you heard uh, was uh, Jimmy Arnett, high school basketball official, primarily basketball. Uh, also does some volleyball and some softball. Jimmy, how are you? Good afternoon, Austin, Evan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. Happy to be here. Yeah, and we also have a baseball umpire from the area who also will be becoming a basketball official, we just learned, in mm-hmm. the winter. Uh, Sean Behensky, which I had to learn how to pronounce your last name before I came on. Sean, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we're just going to call you Sean the rest of the yeah, way. Yeah, that, so. that works fine. But, you know, and Jimmy Jimmy's easy, too. We don't have to... Do we, do we, go, do we call Jimmy by his Twitter name? Or... Uh, Carmel Thunder. Carmel Thunder? Do we have to go with the Carmel <laughs> That's Thunder? That's the best Twitter handle, isn't it? That's amazing. <laughs> if we go Carmel Thunder, that I think Jimmy is cool, but you know Carmel Thunder, just in case you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> any any uh, explanation for that one, Jimmy? What's the uh, origin? Well, some years ago, uh, playing softball with a group of guys that I played with for a long time, and actually still play a little bit, um, we were giving each other nicknames during the course of a season, and one of the guys just uh, I was going up to bat one day, and he said, "Coming up next, Carmel Thunder," and <laughs> It was even politically correct then. It was kind of funny. And so it's just stuck and looking for a Twitter handle. It just seemed to make sense. Well, there you go. Now you learn something yeah. new every day. Yeah. So <laughs> now we know. that's the That might be the first time we've ever heard that story publicly, you know. So that's an on-the-record story. So congratulations. Um, like I said, we're talking about refereeing. Uh, Jimmy has been doing basketball for a long time. And we want to let each one of these guys kind of give a little introduction of themselves or officiating history why they got into officiating so we'll start we'll give the floor that you will yield the floor to jimmy uh jimmy um you know where are you from and how, how long have you been doing refereeing and things like that yeah thanks um i was born in elkhart a lot of years ago <laughs> uh, but uh, have been in south bend a majority of my life uh began officiating uh 31 years ago uh this was after a uh a lot of discussion with friends who were refereeing in a league in which I was playing mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> you know questioning their adjudic- adjudication of, of games and rules and situations or whatever uh, one of my best friends now uh, you know would turn to me and say you need to stop yelling at us and go get your license and <laughs> that happened a number of times mm-hmm. and uh, when I stopped long before I stopped playing, uh, I, I wanted to stay involved in the game. And uh, a couple of those guys, John Walcheski, Ray Comer, uh, rest in peace, my friend, um, helped me uh, get licensed. And uh, that, like I said, was uh, 30, 31 seasons ago uh, for basketball. And um, began, I got my license for volleyball five years ago and then started actively um, putting that to use uh, three seasons ago. So, uh, love being a part of, of the game and, um, hopefully, uh, as a result of this podcast today, hopefully Sean and I will be able to, uh, encourage others to, to do the same thing and get involved. Mm-hmm. I just want to mention one thing. Jimmy won the 2021-22 Interscholastic Athletic Official Association Award of Excellence for girls basketball this past year at the state finals. That was, impressive. A lot of words. That was impressive. It's an impressive award. It is award. a lot of words. But the, <laughs> the fact that you just said that perfectly, congrats I, on I that. I had to write it down. There was no way I was remembering that off the top of my head. Um, and it, it feels like it ends at award, and then you guys say of excellence. There's like another two words. It's like okay, but he won that. He won an honor at the at the girls' basketball state finals this past year. Uh, 
couldn't think of anyone more worthy in my opinion. So oh, congratulations, Jimmy, Thank on that. You. Sean, you're relatively new to the uh, officiating world? Yeah, so I'm from South Bend. I played for um, Chip O'Neill at Clay, Clay High School, South Bend there. And um, always really wanted to get into umpiring. I, I caught some in high school, so I'd always chat with the umpires. And once I got out of college, I moved back here when I was about 25, and that's when I got uh, really into it. So I've only been doing it, you know, six or seven years now, and um, really enjoying it so far. I've, I've been doing baseball the whole time, and uh, this will be my first year at basketball. So I'm looking forward to um, being somewhere where it won't be 40 degrees every every game, <laughs> and um, I won't have to wear like eight layers of clothes. I'll just have to wear one. So right, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. <laughs> Which is the reason I've resisted all the you know request jimmy get your license in softball or baseball it's like ah, i don't know with the weather that uh, those umpires endure from season to season yeah, it's it's, uh, it's only warm in baseball for like a week it's about yeah. it. like it's like late may and then oh wait we're done and like that's it it's funny so last year our uh, baseball chair was tim farwick he great guy college umpire and he's like guys get a jacket you only don't need your jacket for sectionals and that's memorial day yeah so, that's some good yeah. advice yeah no it's uh, it's cold and then same thing with the fall it starts warm but then it gets cold football playoffs time man it is a little chilly so i i admire those referees out there absolutely you know freezing so absolutely um we got some specific questions about each sport that you guys officiate then uh we'll run through those first and then we'll kind of talk about the bigger picture stuff of uh officiating kind of in this area so evan i know you got a couple that you wanted to ask sean about uh baseball yeah i will do it sean what's uh what's your most preferred position on the baseball diamond yeah so i think when a lot of guys start they want to be on the bases because they think that the plate umpire gets you know i guess the most heckling or you know whatever you might want to call it but honestly the the more i've been doing it i love being behind home plate for Mm -hmm. a couple of reasons one if you miss a pitch here and there, it's really not the end of the world. Like you see 200 pitches a game. So if you miss four or five, you've done an amazing job. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the margin of error is a lot higher, whereas you might only have three close calls at second. And if you get one or two wrong, that's pretty bad percentage. You're a quantity over quality guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then secondly, I think um, coaches really uh, appreciate guys that want to be behind the plate. And that's really how you get to um i guess kind of more prove yourself and uh get to know coaches and and catchers and athletic directors because a lot of times the base umpire doesn't really do much uh, other than you know have a couple close calls so i really like being behind the plate the longer i've been doing it just curious i have a quick follow-up maybe how did how does it how is it determined who does home plate and who does the field is it obviously it's preset before the game because you walk up wearing your gear but is that something that you guys debate between the two or just like, like a, your boss or whatever, like make that call? So the only times that it's um, told what, what positions you are is like sectionals, regionals, right. state finals. During the season, you and your partner just uh, decide, you know, they'll text each, or text each other or call each other or sometimes even in the parking lot. Just see how you're feeling, which one you want to do. Okay. Sean, I'll, now if I, I'll jump in and ask a question. I should yeah. know this. But it, with baseball... And uh, the state of, I'm sure Austin and Evan will get into the state of availability for for umpires. Do you get to work with what I'll call a partner? Do you get to work with the same umpires more throughout the season, or is every you know are you working with a lot of various people? Yeah, that's a good question. So you can have a preferred partner, and you can tell the athletic directors and assigners about them, but um, a lot of times you don't always get get that. So um, like there are four or five guys I really enjoy working with more more often than not, and I probably get to work with them. I do about thirty to forty games a year, and I probably get to work with the guys I want about half the time. So that's pretty good. Similar question, but but to Jimmy, yeah. What's your officiating crews usually like? I know. Do you keep the same? You don't usually keep the same three together for a basketball or two for a basketball, right? Do you? Well, basketball is maybe a little different. Because again, there's there's three during the regular season, you know, and even on the floor. Uh, but the assigners and athletic directors will typically know who they like to hire, and they will hire certain officials for 
league games, conference games versus other games, perhaps uh, out of conference. But uh, they like to put crews who work who have worked together um, for for games. I have four or five uh, officials that um, I rotate with throughout the course of the season based on the demand on their time and their schedule availability. And I do have the benefit as one of the uh, high school assigners in the area to also pick who I want to work with if, if they're, you know, obviously if, if they're available. And uh, that's typically how it works throughout, throughout the state as far as basketball. We try to formulate crews. The unfortunate part about that is come tournament time, state tournament time, um, we don't get assigned typically with, uh, with folks that we've always worked with through the season. And that's, that's, there's actually some, some benefit to that as well. But. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a fun little side trick. Look at Jimmy asked the question, man. And he My got bad. A, he got I a, love a, it. No, he, that's a good. He got it. That's a good question from Sean. So we're yeah. 0 for four. Sean, Jimmy's one for one. He's like the field umpire. He's, yeah, you know, he's got like only a couple of plays. Right. Like yeah. So Evan, yeah. if we, we'll continue with our bad questions over here. I guess. I mean, I was fine with all the follow-ups. Works for me. But uh, as far as being a home plate umpire, Sean, uh, how do you stay? as consistent as possible while also trying to drown out, you know, the dugouts and the stands with everything going on around you. How do you, you know, stay in your own head, make sure you're, you're doing the right thing in your, in your mind? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, a lot of questions. That is a good question. Yeah. So So, I'm 0 for 3 and Evan's 1 for 2 and Jimmy's 1 for 1. Good. Good to know. Um, so a lot of times, you you have to make your zone based on what kind of pitching and what kind of you know uh, level of play you have which mm-hmm. i'm sure jimmy has the same thing with basketball so i try to not so much study up but at least kind of know what i'm getting into before the game you know if it's let's say you know penn versus warsaw or a goshen or you know a pretty high quality team fairfield mm-hmm. it, your zone's going to be a little bit more of a high school varsity zone Whereas if you play against some not so good teams, you know, your zone's obviously going to have to get bigger. So a lot of it's based on that. And then honestly, coaches and, you know, we'll get into this later. Coaches and players haven't been an issue for me or in, I think, a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. who umpire. A lot of the times it's um, the parents Mm -hmm. and, and zoning them out in baseball is pretty easy because there's a huge fence between us and them and you're usually pretty far away whereas for jimmy he's i mean the bleachers are right on top of the hardwood floor so uh, i think it'd be a little bit more tough in basketball but in baseball i've knock on wood i've had a a pretty good season i haven't had too many issues with that i guess we can ask jimmy if you know the same question right now. yeah yeah how do you try to zone out especially when it's a big game you know you've you've worked a lot of big games of course in your time and those tend to be the most pressure-packed. St. Joe Marion. <laughs> that seems like it triggered something there. Uh, yeah, but how do you try to how do you try to focus in on the game and tune out the noise, so to say? That's a really good question. <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. Wow. I really thank you, Carmel Thunder. I really appreciate it. Oh there my God. Go. <laughs> well, with with basketball, it is kind of similar to what Sean shared with you, um, except the fans. Coaches, players, they are on, I'll say, kind of on top of us. We're within close close proximity of everybody that's in, in the gym at the time. F- for me, I have to focus specifically on the floor, the players, and the coaches. Um, as an official, you have to establish some rapport with the players. I'm sure Sean and the baseball umpires or whatever sport we're um, Mm. we're officiating you have to establish that rapport you do that fairly early and get a vibe for how today's or tonight's game is going to go sean happened to mention and it triggered austin when he said saint joe marion you know that's what they call over in in the area in our area it's called the holy wars the two catholic schools sold out games sold Mm -hmm. out games and it does not matter what the competitive balance of the of the teams are when St. Joe Marion plays, you just, you know, cliche, you kind of throw yeah. that out the, out the window. Mm-hmm. But um, as a af- basketball official, um, I hear a lot, <laughs> uh, whether it's directed at me or a partner or just things that are, are said uh, in the stand. But 
I typically deliberately choose not to respond because that can just further, you know, invite more whatever's coming your way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times if I hear something unique that I hadn't heard in over 30 years, I'll actually turn, acknowledge the person, give them a smile, a thumbs up or whatever, in the hopes that I'm going to just connect with that person and they just may chill out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always work out that way. But right. typically you have to, you just have to focus on what's most important for you as an official that night. And hopefully you're able to manage, I'll use that term manage, the surroundings. What's uh, what's maybe the most unique thing you've heard? Jimmy, we'll start with you. Sean, if you have anything too. Jimmy? Um, the, the most unique things I've heard there's been a number of them. Some I, even on a podcast where we could probably say anything. I, I won't. I won't. I won't share <laughs> we have some. To, of the, we do have some limitations. We well, can't. No. So this is not barstool sports, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't use profanity anyway. So uh, I've, I've had some profanity hurled my way. I've I've had some actual some racially motivated stuff hurled my way, which mm-hmm. is never fun to get. But uh, in one basketball game several years ago. Above everything else going on, I heard this one fan say, when you get into the locker room at halftime, check your phone. And I didn't acknowledge, I heard this person, didn't acknowledge it, and then they went on to say, check your phone, you've missed a number of calls. Which was kind of oh, clever. Like that. that was good. That was good. Yeah. yeah. I like um, that. So, I was like, wait, uh-huh. you having a kid? Like, yeah. I was, I was exactly. like, wait, is my exactly. wife pregnant? Or like, exactly. so I, and I kind, I, you know, I, I kind of giggled at that. Was, that that that's really original. That's kind of good. Okay. So, but okay. yeah, there's a number of things that 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 you can hear. I've I've been called um, a number of names as I'm running them down the floor. You, things that you hear, you know. Um, Related to public, you know, public figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been called the Rock, which oh, wow. actually was not an insult. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say not. Uh, the one that um, I don't particularly care for is um, who's the dude that's got the the. Um, I should know this. I've heard it a lot this year. Who's got the the his sons are playing in the NBA? Who am I talking? Ball. Oh yeah. You yeah. know what? Uh, oh, ball. 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 LeVar Ball. LeVar yeah. Ball. <laughs> my last game at, my last the last game I had at uh, I probably shouldn't mention the high school. Uh, in this area this season, uh, there were a couple of kids, "Hey LeVar, hey LeVar." <laughs> and when I got close to them, I stopped and said, "You can call me any number of things. Do not call me LeVar Ball." And the one kid started egging on do it again, I'm tossing you out of there. And you should have seen the look on his face. Like, oh, man, this dude is serious. But, yeah. yeah, I've been called a number of things. But, yeah, you hear things. Sean, any? Uh... I I don't have any, like, from that I can think of. But I do have a good one this year. I was working with a guy, and I was on the bases, and he was behind the plate. And it's like a 10-run game. It's like 11-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. And he calls a pitch a strike, and this dad goes, that was a foot outside. And he turns around and he goes, sir, it was actually two feet outside. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. I don't part uh, was trying to manage yeah, the game and get through right. that in that situation. Yep. That's awesome. Are you, the umpire turning it on, the, the, the fan, that oh, was great. Yeah. That's great. That's funny. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. That was, I was just wanted to ask that. That, was, that was kind of one of our questions anyway. I was going to ask about like stories that stand out of kind of like harassment or things like that, but that's that's similar. You Jimmy hit on it. I don't think we got to resurface that again later. So, all right. I know that Sean mentioned that he hasn't really had to deal with coaches or players really, but I, I think baseball is competitive. Obviously, it's competitive, but as far as basketball, it's king here and everything. I feel like the stakes are sometimes higher the emotions have you had to deal with coaches and players at times sure yeah if if you officiate any sport long enough you're going to have to deal with players coaches uh and as you said of course you being from florida as i found out <laughs> yeah. um, you realize that here in indiana basketball is basketball is the sport that's that's our sport here mm-hmm. and uh yeah there there've been 
there have been some times when, um, unfortunately, you have to address the behavior of, of a coach. And you usually, I usually, our crews usually try to solicit the assistance of an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, you just, coach, I've, I've heard enough. You try to answer them. You try to be respectful, all of those things. Uh, but sometimes they don't want that anyway. They just want to put it out there. And um, I've never had to eject a coach. Um, I've had to assess you know, what we have available to us in our toolbox. And that's, they gave us an official warning several years ago. And of course, you know, you can assess a technical foul in mm-hmm. basketball. You get two of those, then you have to, you know, you have to leave the contest. Uh, we have a rule in our crew that if we have a coach that we can't seem to calm down, that if one of the partners is issuing a technical, it's, it's not written anywhere, but it's kind of our rule that, um, that same partner, that same official is not going to issue mm-hmm. the second technical. Then, because again, from a perception appearance standpoint, it looks like perhaps there's something personal going on between that official and that coach, and you don't want to have that. But typically, um, if we have a player that's giving us unnecessary uh, grief, uh, we can usually nip that pretty early on in the contest. Mm-hmm. Talking to an assistant coach. Assistant coaches in basketball are so valuable to a, a school's program. They don't get enough credit, I think, for, for what they do because they're managing their head coach, their players, and, and oftentimes they can be a really good conduit of, uh, of, of calm and, and assistance for us as, as officials. Wow. Over 30 years, no ejections. That's impressive. Yeah. Well... It's, it has nothing to do with me per se. Um, you know, when we've, when I've had the chance to lead basketball meetings for our association, I recognize everybody has different, every official has different personalities, just like mm-hmm. the four of us in this room. There's certain things that I'll tolerate. And then there's certain things that are just a no go for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing for me is a relationship. I talked about us trying to establish a rapport with coaches and players uh, during the course of a, of a contest. I try to get that done early. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you all refer to this 30 year thing and it's trying to starting to make me feel a little <laughs> um, You're not old, Jimmy, you're just older. I'm, I'm just experienced at <laughs> yeah, this you point. Some, you yeah, some seasoning. Th- th- thank you for throwing a little, little yeah. bit back my way. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, the biggest thing that I try to do is um, relationships. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm on the floor, on on the volleyball court, on the softball diamond, whatever it might be, it is all about relationships. And as, if I've established a good rapport previously with a coach and players, they know pretty much my style is what I'm going to call or what those kind of things. I try to take advantage of that as far as defusing anything that might you know might come up that might cause you know, some, some crazy concerns from the either coaches or players. I don't usually worry about the fans because mm-hmm. we couldn't, we can't, I shouldn't say we can't. We did do games, you know, a couple seasons ago when, and I, I did not like not having fans in the gym. But yeah, again, that was strange. It, that was really, mm-hmm. really strange. So again, you ask me a question and I'll take it. I'll take it probably to the nth degree where I shouldn't have, but um, you already answered all of our other questions. All right, we're done. <laughs> Sean, you've got Sean, a minute to wrap up. All right. Yeah. Go. Sean was like, I showed up for five minutes. We're good. But right. what I was trying to say, it's not anything that I need to be applauded for that I haven't ejected a coach in 30 years. I, I will take credit for hopefully treating people the way I want to be treated, even in tense moments. And with respect, and you can be friends or whatever after the game, and those kind, th- you just manage through those kind of volatile situations and uh, try not to exacerbate them in any way, shape, or form. Right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, you you kind of answered one of the questions that Evan had did have written down. Oh, so what was it? It was about relationships. Actually, you mentioned relationships and how it maybe affects your game. So, Sean, I'll ask you the same question. You know, how much do prior relationships maybe help with, you know, getting into the flow of a game maybe earlier or something like that? Yeah, I think a ton. And I'm, I'm kind of like Jimmy in the fact that I'm really relational too. So I like to have a relationship with the coaches. I like to, you know, let them know, you know, we're 
let's be professional here, but let's have fun too. And I think that's big. Um, you know, some of my best friends are other coaches and other officials and same with you probably. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, relationships is, is huge with officiating and it's probably one of the biggest reasons I, I love doing it. And it's funny cause I saw Ryan Eakins, one of my best friends, <laughs> he tweeted here on the show to ask about ice cream Yeah, and <laughs> a story behind that. So, um, you know, for sectionals and, and state tournaments, all the teams that you uh, umpire for can give you between a one and a five, five meaning a really good score. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a game at a school and the votes were just submitted that day and I'm doing a game that night and we're at the home plate meeting and one of the coaches comes up and shakes hands and we're, him and I are friends and, hey, I gave you a five. <laughs> and my partner goes, geez, oh, Pete, you guys getting ice cream after the game too? <laughs> so, coach was setting you up for good oh, calls yeah, for the rest yeah, of the, for the, exactly. for the night in advance. Yeah. That's what he was doing. Yeah, but it was just really funny because now like the, the running joke is I get everyone ice cream after the game because, yeah. you know, Jimmy knows that, you know, with officials, word gets out really quick. So it didn't take long for our whole association knew that I was the ice cream guy now. Yeah. Dar- Darren Kaufman actually texted me this morning after I tweeted it out saying, you got to ask Sean if he's going to buy you ice cream. At oh, the yeah. Fair. yeah. <laughs> Swear to God. Uh, as soon as we're done, we can go to the chief. That's yeah, right. The chief yeah. Is yeah. Hey, for the on, chief. on me. On me. <laughs> That's on the record. That's, That's right. Yep. That is on. I got you guys. There we go. There you we know, go. Gentlemen, Sean's mentioning those relationships um, being huge for us as officials. And we've kind of focused on establishing good relationships, but we also have to manage through uh, situations where uh, we haven't had necessarily a good positive rapport or a relationship with a coach or coaching staff, for whatever reason it might be. Perhaps no fault of anyone. Perhaps I had and had a bad game or made a bad call at a critical set, whatever. And when you have to work that team's game again it's you try not to verbalize it you may pre-game it early on with your with your crew but it's there in the back of your mind and um we have to manage through some negative things that have happened in in a relationship between either a coach or player at times too so it um i, I tip my hat to all the officials out there that you know develop good relationships but also are, have the capability of managing through those yeah, those, those those tough situations that they encounter. I guess that's a good, maybe a good question. Whether you guys want to admit it or not, I'm sure you've both made bad calls in your day. As, uh, <laughs> but um, how do you how do you mentally get past that when you know, oh, I really screwed up there, I messed up? How do you mentally, because you, you have a whole game to go still, you can't be just worrying about that one call. So I'm like, how do you, how do you, you get past that? You want to take that first shot? It's tough, but um, I think it, there's really nothing you can do about it. So I used to get down on myself, you know, really hard. And mm-hmm. then I guess the more I've been doing it, the more I realize it's it's over. There's just nothing you can do about it other than, you know, you man up and, and say I missed it, you know. And, and I think at the time coaches might be upset, but I think they appreciate that long term. I mean, I can tell you there was one call this year. I had a, um, a runner on second. And it was a 2-2 count and borderline pitch. I called it a ball. Could have rung the kid up, game over. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened next pitch? You got a hit. Walk off homer. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's the stuff you're like, go home and just your head's down and, you know, you're telling your wife you lost a kid a game possibly. But, you know, I mean, that pitch could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. It's just you just have to let it go and, and you know, not nothing you can do about it at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a really good response. Um, to to probably no one's surprise, I've not called a perfect basketball <laughs> game yet. Not been a part of one as an officiating crew. There's some that have been better than others, mm-hmm. but we know when we may have kicked a call, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's basketball for me or volleyball or softball or what have you. Um, Sean, I think is a hundred percent correct. You have to move on. And I have early on have been guilty and perhaps maybe even still do. If I know I've made a bad call, there's a timeout. You're talking to your crew. Man, I'm sorry. You know, whatever. You discuss the play situation in the locker room. Uh, you do have an opportunity as an official, uh, instead of saying, I'm, you know, digging your heels in, there are times when you have to pick your times, your moment to go. And 
tell a kid or or the coach, I missed that, mm-hmm. or that should have gone the other way. Uh, again, referring back to my friend Sean, a, a coach will appreciate that, but you you you, you can't do that too frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, um, the perception is going to be when you come onto the floor, onto the court, or the field. You, you know, you you can denigrate your own um, your own perception of of competence, and you don't want to do that. But admitting that you've missed a call does help the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and I have seen other officials that will just take the other tact and no, I made the right call, and it's clearly the wrong call. Um, but um, you do have to move on because if I stay focused on that call and it's late first quarter, whatever, I got three quarters more to do. Every time I blow the whistle, I'm now, I've got something in the back of my mind and I'm questioning what I'm doing. It no longer becomes Mm -hmm. instinctive. It's, it's, it it becomes detrimental. Yep. I kind of had two things on that if I can. Um, One, we talked earlier about, you know, relationships with other officials and one thing, and Jimmy, you probably agree that I like working with guys is that if I do miss a call, I want them to tell me. Absolutely. Whereas if you're working with somebody you've never worked with before, somebody you only work with once or twice a year, oh yeah, no, you're okay. I, that, was a, that was an all right call. I think it was right, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't need to have the warm and fuzzies. Did, did I get it right or not? Right. And that's when working with a partner you're familiar with will will be honest with you, hopefully. And then secondly, that what Jimmy touched on earlier with the rapport with the kids, a lot of times I'll tell the catchers like, hey, if you think I'm missing some pitches, let me know. And occasionally they will, you know, they'll say, hey, because what happens then, if you build that rapport with the catcher and he might say, hey, Sean, is that outside a little bit? Yeah, it was. When the coach asked, you know, hey, hey, Carl, you know, where was that? It's outside, coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not throwing you under the bus either. So building the rapport with that and building rapport with other officials is, is big. That's why it's important, as, and I'm speaking specifically from uh, basketball experience, we have a pregame to discuss what we're going to do before the game, obviously. And then after the game, it's not just, hey, let's go get something to eat and hang out. You actually do a postmortem, if I can use that term, a postgame yep. kind of session and say, okay, on this play, on this play, what did you see? What did I miss? And all intended to help you be better the next time you go out for the next game. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah. usually I just see the refs flying out of there as soon as the game's over. I'm but. trying <laughs> to beat the traffic. You know, that, that's another topic kind of too is I think a lot of people don't understand like the time commitment these officials take. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm – I work at the bank, you know, so if I have a game at 530, I'm leaving work at, at 430. I'm getting there at five o'clock. You know, the game starts at five thirty. It's gonna be two hours, seven thirty. We're probably talking the parking lot for a little bit. Maybe we even go get a bite to eat and talk about what happened. And you know, by that time it's eight thirty. I've been gone from my wife and two kids for four hours for eighty bucks. And mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh man, you know, they just they just show up and leave." And it's like, "No, not really." And that doesn't count. That's correct. You know, the doesn't count all the clinics we attend, the meetings, keeping up on the rules. Um, you know, it doesn't take in factor any of that. So, um, it's kind of one thing that I think people don't understand about you know people like Jimmy and I is like we don't just show up and go home. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think that's what some parents and fans literally think. And it's like, it's a lot more than that. Well, he just said, he just said. It was, no, di- it was no disrespect. No, but I know. It, oh, I heard it, a little no, bit, Evan, right here. That, that hurt it, just a little uh, bit. Way to offend. It gave, way it gave to offend, Sean a, a great chance to explain. So yeah. I'm glad I said what I said. No, so. I am too. Yeah. yeah. So, I respect, I respect his, I mean, I grew up playing sports, so I respect umpires, refs, everyone, so. No, no, no ill will okay. at all. All right, it's all good. We're all good. I, uh, I played high school football, and I realized I'm much better at talking about sports than playing them. So here we are. <laughs> so realized that pretty quickly. Um, Evan, do you want any more any more questions for Jimmy and and uh, Sean before we kind of change the focus to the bigger picture? Anything you want to get off your chest on this list? Anything? I'd love to. Being a big basketball guy, I'd love to ask Jimmy about the whole block to charge thing what what your strategy is with the call and how do you kind of decide 
block charge, some some segment of, of basketball officials will say is the toughest call to make. I contend anymore that it is, for me, it's no longer the toughest call to make. Uh, the toughest call to either make or to miss is travel. Mm. Now with the Euro step, <laughs> and now they're teaching something else other than the Euro step. It looks like everyone is traveling every play and at times. And it happens so quickly and instantaneously. Yeah. But with block charge, what uh, what we try to teach and our crews try to you know try to implement when we're kind of officiating that that game situation is uh, the defensive the position of the defender mm-hmm. on, on the floor. You know, some people say you have to have two feet on the floor, or 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 the defender was moving. Again, no, no. This this isn't a shot to to fans, coaches, whoever might. If you read the rules, it is if did the defender secure a uh, defensive, a legal, legal mm-hmm. defensive position. And if they have what we call LGP, legal guarding position, that's what that's used, that most officials will use to determine if it's a block charge or not. The action may look objectionable and think it should go the other way, but those are typically what, what I will use to... Uh, to make that call. Gotcha. Yeah. I know sometimes in that situation there's no call. Like how does how does that work? Um, again, in the judgment of, of, and I've shown that many times that I don't have the best of judgment. But a, a lot of times there's no advantage disadvantage. Basketball specifically is a contact sport. Mm-hmm. People don't often think of basketball as a contact sport. It'll actually it actually says that in the rule book. And again. Uh, with contact made, okay. Sean made the comment about uh, having a team that is, you know, athletically better, talented, or whatever than another team. You're going to, you're not going to change the rules or apply the rules different. The rules don't change, but you're going to administer them differently. And you, you get kids that come together and there's contact. Doesn't always mean that there's a foul or a block or charge on on okay. a play like that. I always feel like that's one of the more like divisive calls. It is. And it's a big momentum play. It can be. Um, you've seen it in numerous games. And I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever, either of you have watched that 1990 Concord State Championship game against Damon Bailey, but there's that infamous Phil Much charge yes. block at the end of the <laughs> yes. game. And it um, didn't go Concord's way, did it? Yeah, no, it did not. <laughs> no, it was obviously rigged for Damon Bailey to win the state championship. Uh, but that's always fun. I didn't know about that until I a couple of years ago when I did the story on that team. And right. that you just get that you say block charge and everyone knows what you're talking about, which was kind of fun to yeah. have their responses from it. Yeah. Jim Hahn, rest in peace, he's yes. like that not that was not a block, right. that was a charge. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um so uh, you know, obviously this has been great so far. When we want to talk a little bit some of the bigger picture things about officiating and you know, we really have enjoyed your insights about your specific sports and, uh, you know, obviously the different things you have to deal with. But we'll start with Sean. Um, you know, you've been a, you said you've been a baseball referee for now, set or umpire for seven years. What's maybe even the biggest change in, you know, your sport specifically in terms of officiating and involvement in the last seven years or so? Um, the biggest things that the shortage, you know, which is, I guess, why we're here. Um, you know, when I when I came on seven years ago to get a varsity game as a first year guy was almost impossible mm-hmm. what, what, and Jimmy's laughing because he knows yeah. and you know e- even a good JV game was tough and now you know we're in such shortage that there are guys in their first year that are getting not just varsity games but good varsity games because we just don't have enough people and some guys are um, they're good enough to do it but in their first year it's just kind of crazy to think that a first or second year guy is getting top-notch games because we just don't have people you know jv games are sometimes umpired with just one one guy behind the plate um i think one time there was an older gentleman who didn't want to do behind the plate by himself so he called pitches from behind the mound and it was a jv game you know so i i get it but um you know in indianapolis you know there were 68 varsity games that were canceled Mm -hmm. luckily in northern indiana we didn't have any Mm -hmm. um so that was really cool so 
you know, there, there's a, there is a high short, a high demand for umpires. There's a shortage. So, I mean, that's the, the biggest thing. The second other thing is every year we kind of have these things called rules of emphasis and they're not necessarily like rules, but it's like things to look for. And sometimes they're, you know, you kind of roll your eyes, like eye black, you know, they don't want the, the Hulk Hogan or what, whoever that was. <laughs> ultimate warrior. Yeah. Ultimate, <laughs> ultimate warrior. warrior. There you go. Who are these people yeah. of whom you speak? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't want the, the eye black on and, um, you know, it's, it, it seems like every year there's something that, that changes with that. And that's kind of, I try to, I don't know, not, not, I guess, avoid it, but try not to make that my biggest thing I'm looking for, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two biggest things. One, the shortage and, and two, just like how it seems like the state kind of has some points of emphasis that they want to talk about every year. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, what maybe what's your biggest changes the last five, 10 years, or maybe what, what is, what has caused the shortage, I guess, what was, what would you say are the biggest factors that have caused the shortage of officials in the last five, 10 years? I, I think the, uh, environment in which, you know, we play games, uh, has changed as far as accessibility, social media, the instantaneous response of fans, just use that word fans um, that have discouraged younger officials from younger people from becoming officials or younger officials from from staying in, in their given uh, licensed sport. I'm excited that you know Sean has 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 chosen for whatever reason to <laughs> add basketball. You know he's got had some external factors that. Uh, made his time available. He's already doing baseball for a number of years. But hey, I'm doing this. Why not take on another sport? Um, after 30 plus years, and I got my volleyball license, my wife looked at me like, "Dude, really? You're gone three, four nights a week during the basketball season. You travel for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mix all, and you're going to take on another sport. Why would you do that?" Well, I'm. I am getting more experienced or a little older and um, there's been requests for more officials in other sports volleyball seemed to be a logical one that I could take it's not physically challenging mm-hmm. running up and down a football field or a basketball you know basketball court kind of thing that and maybe I could do that um, so I, I think it's just the environment that the times in which we we live that um, people are just reticent to uh, to become officials, the I, I'm the uh, a member of the Indiana High School Officials Leadership Association. You talk about words yeah, that you have to words. use, a lot yeah. of words. <laughs> uh, basically, what that means is there's 24 associations, officials associations across the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the last couple of years, I was uh, appointed as president of St. Joe Valley Officials Association. So all of the presidents and all the associations of the 24 um, around the state have make up ISHOLA. Let's let's call it that instead of going through all of that. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they provide us with some information. We meet three or four times a year. And I grab some of that last data. If you don't guys don't mind, yeah, I'm, I'm going to share, share something with you we that love has been pretty eye-opening. I'm going to talk specifically about uh, Sean's sport of baseball. In 2015-16, there were 1,812 licensed baseball officials in the state of Indiana. In ending 21-22, this past season, there were 1,172. Wow. That's a deficit of 640 umpires. Wow in the sport of baseball. There's 439 uh, that were that from that time frame in 15, 16 to then in this past six past season in softball. So you take out that's a thousand umpires. Now some of and I don't you don't do softball. Uh, they they kind of run concurrently, but there's a lot of officials that do baseball, softball, but you think about there's a thousand of umpires that are gone. That are no longer licensed for whatever reason. In only six years, too. In that six-year time yeah. frame. Uh, in basketball, 
1516, there were 3,716 officials. At the end of last year, it, there were 2,622. So there's a, there's a difference just in basketball of 1,094 licensed basketball officials throughout the state of Indiana. Do you think we have an issue? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. we do. And if you look at all of the sports from that same time frame, 6,863 officials in 15-16, this past year, there was a total of 4,968. Again, a deficit of 1,898 officials across all the sports in the state of Indiana. And the median age or the average age of officials in Indiana, you've probably heard this stat before, is 55. That's the average, you know, all of the, take all of the officials across all sports, average age is 55. So that's why you see somebody like me who's been around for a little bit get excited when, you know, a Sean Behinsky decides to take on another sport and being the young man that he is. Uh, there's a intensive effort by the IHSAA and these 24 associations uh, we've put an official uh, recruiting program in place. Every association has their um, mentoring chair, and we're working, trying to work really, really hard to recruit new officials. And um, the past three or four months, I'm pretty excited that, at least in our association, St. Joe Valley, we've probably added, I would say, six to ten new officials in various sports. Of course, I get most excited about basketball, but... Mm. Um, so there's an effort going on, but when you look at all of these numbers, and numbers can be overwhelming, that speaks to to our issue as far as why there's you know why there's games being canceled in certain parts of the state. That's really eye opening. Like that's that's the numbers right there. It's you just know? strict straight numbers. Yeah, it's not just like a feeling. You're actually Correct. putting numbers to the feelings Correct. of like, oh yeah, this is definitely going on. Well, here it is right there. That that basketball number is almost eye opening. Yeah. I mean, it's almost half. You know the total that were there. Baseball the third, so it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, and you all know that um, there's that instantaneous opportunity for everybody to go out and express their their opinions on a game or an official on you know on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter. Or, that's the extent of my. I don't snap, and I don't do some of the other things. That are <laughs> Instagram? Are you on yeah. Instagram, Jimmy? I'm on Instagram. Instagram. I don't do a lot there, and I'm I'm, I'm not a TikTok dude, at least not yet. No. Um, <laughs> we'll but, have to get you for some games. We'll have to get it set up. Yeah. <laughs> those platforms, they're there, and they can be very beneficial for us as a society, but they can also be used detrimentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I, you all have. If I make a bad call in a big moment, or maybe even not a so big moment, it gets put on social media. And then everything that comes out, some some young men and women don't have, don't feel like they want to subject themselves to that kind of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say that might be obviously one of the major things, right? Yeah, the Dealing scrutiny. with the scrutiny, not wanting to deal with people yelling at you and you know calling you names and stuff like that some people just don't want to deal with that so yeah no i agree there was a there was a picture on twitter that somebody put on of a of a baseball call and this kid was safe by three steps and i guess the umpire called him out and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that's on twitter no one wants that you know i mean you don't know what it looked like at his angle or what he, you know, I mean, it's just, you never really know the situation. And, and like Jimmy said, when things like that are on social media, it doesn't really help officials. And I did think it was kind of neat. One of the local officials said something to the gentleman like, hey, how about you post the the seven calls he got right that night? So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously the getting young people is, of course, like the feels like it's the biggest trying to maybe solution to this but i did see recently that the ihsaa is going to try to at least increase some of the pay i know sean mentioned 80 bucks for a game um you know the ihsaa in june when all the kind of realignment stuff not realignment but the you know redistricting and things like that came out they also passed you know mileage rates will be doubled for referees and um your pay the stipend for each game i believe is going up as well uh, Sean, do you see that? I'm guessing that's a good. That'll be a nice. Maybe that'll work. Maybe it's a benefit. Like, where do you? How do you see that maybe working out? 
Yeah, I I think it's a benefit. Um, you know, I I think honestly there's there's two big factors that help with officials. One um, is the pay, so I think that will help a little bit for sure. And then two, I think the weather up here hurts some umpires, and I don't I don't know if it's true or not, but. Um, you know, for me, for example, like with basketball, I kind of told Jimmy like, Hey, I really don't want to go more than like 10, 15 miles. Cause I don't want to get stuck in a snowstorm going to like the West side of South Bend from Goshen or something. But he made it sound like he was going to Mongolia somewhere. <laughs> it's South Bend. Don't, don't send me to the UP, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, but sometimes I do think, um, the travel hurts. So yeah. I think that helping with like gas mileage and things like that will be nice yeah and, and keep in mind austin those things that the ihsa you know mandated or they 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 approved recently that only has to deal with the state tournaments right it right. has nothing to do with During the, the regular, start season. Of the regular season do, to the, right. get to that point Dude, does each school have a different yes. rate yeah well pay. i'll say uh usually it's each conference okay. uh you know schools that are in their conferences they'll have a, a scale for pay for officials um, and then there are some schools that go above and beyond that. Uh, as uh, an assigner for now 18 schools in this general area, I will get a call. I got a call recently from an athletic director saying, hey, what's the average pay that officials are getting? He called because he was concerned because he's obviously heard that his school is on the lower end of the scale and so we had some conversation about that but um, also keep in mind that during the regular season officials don't get mileage there are a few schools that are just so so tuned into things that they actually again we've not been calling schools out specifically so I won't do that but there's a school in our local area who if you live say Sean's distance to help encourage him from coming all the way from from yeah. Goshen yeah. where do you live you live Goshen. in Goshen yeah. coming Here. from Goshen all the way to South Bend Mishawaka they will pay you mileage um, but a lot of schools try to also will same thing as the signers we try to use officials from as far away as 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 they're willing to come mm-hmm. but during the regular season officials are paying that out of their own pocket as far as uh, you know gas goes and with the situation being what it is right now uh, that was welcome news from the IHSA it, it doesn't address what you know uh, right. what's going to happen during the regular season they obviously can't necessarily change everything but at least right. in the postseason you will get yeah, more mileage which money you will get very much welcome a nicer Absolutely. stipend yeah. yeah so um, you know how much do you think does like you know baseball you mentioned 5.30pm games you don't have to worry about necessarily as much in basketball, but you know, you guys work normal jobs. You aren't living off being an official. You know, how much do you think that affects, you know, people work nine to five, they can't get to a five thirty game. Like how much does that matter, Sean? Yeah, I I think that's a great point. I think that's a big issue too, is your your job has to be flexible. And, you know, Jimmy and I are lucky we both have jobs that we can leave at four, four thirty to go to a game. But some people aren't, and the especially the JV games, and you know, for basketball and the baseball games um, in general, all start at five five thirty. So that's that's something that I think does hinder some people from be, becoming an official. I know that they've talked about with the shortage, maybe moving JV to like five o'clock and then the varsity after, but. You know, is that going to be the answer? I'm not sure. Um, it would be interesting to do like JV varsity double headers, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But that's off topic. Back to the original mm-hmm. question. Yeah, I, I think the five o'clock, five thirty starts do do hurt for sure. Yeah, it takes um, it takes an individual who has that kind of uh, flexibility in whatever he or she you know they do for work uh, because of. Just again, travel distance and all the other things to uh, to get to a game. 
depending, you know, not all of us are like Sean Behinsky who won't travel more than 15, 20 yeah, miles right. to do a game. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm doing this publicly now just so I can shame him, so I can get him yeah. to come over to South we're, Bend. We're only going to clip this part and put it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. There you go. I Sean, that's it. exactly cheap, right. won't drive yeah. 20 miles. <laughs> hey, gas is like 450 dude. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I, 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 understand, I understand that. I, I do. But conceptually, you know, he's, he's a husband and father of two young kids. And officiating, there's so many sacrifices that officials make. It's not just the official. It's there's the ripple effect to their family. Um, you know, I made a comment several years ago at one of our, our banquets, thanking officials for working, specifically my crew. Uh, and you can edit this out if you want to. But <laughs> you know, I made the com- offhand comment that my partners have seen me naked more than my wife has <laughs> during basketball Is that season. Loud? That might be. I don't know. Uh, well, you do what you want to with that, Mr. Uh, FCC. Um, just because of how much time we spend together during basketball season, the point of that is our families give up and sacrifice so much during whatever appointed season. And I know officials who do football, then they transition into basketball, and then you know they do baseball, baseball or softball. Yeah. I mean, this is a constant thing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I again, I really appreciate officials who extend themselves over multiple sports, but in this particular discussion, more importantly, acknowledging wives, girlfriends, significant others, children of, of officials who, who give up during that specific season. In basketball, too, they have all the holidays. So you have Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm-hmm. and there's usually tournaments, yeah. you know, right around those. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely you guys, uh, for sure. Yeah, you get the holiday day off, but there might be right. a Thanksgiving shootout or a Christmas shootout. You know, that the Friday, next, Saturday. Right. Got right. a game assignment just this morning for a uh, tournament day after Christmas. Wow. And, In this uh, area? Yes. Well, it's, yeah, Obviously, it's yeah, in you this have area. To, you assigned for St. Joe. Well, I assigned oh. I assigned for 18 schools that aren't just in St. Joe County. Ah. Elkhart. Yeah, yeah Saint, uh, the St. Joe Valley, is, that's what I meant. Yeah. Your, your association. Uh, but, you know, there's Triton, there's Culver, there's schools down that way, as Argus, that I assigned for as well that mm-hmm. have just asked for our services. And mentioning the distance, you know, again, popping Sean in his head, not everybody is like Sean. <laughs> and, and, hey, he's got his reasons, and we're thankful he's going to work the games that he's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, my crew has been known to go to Lafayette. We go to Kokomo. Oh, we'll go down near Marion. Um, just be, There's a need for officials, and if, if, if my guys and gals are willing to jump in a car with me and travel two and a half miles to get to a game and make $80, are you kidding me? I mean, that's... That again is part of part of the gig as far as being an official. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan, with this one more question, I believe on the list, you want to ask it down there. Question number eleven. Oh, he's specific. Please go to eleven. I thought we touched on everything. I no, we, like, we kind of didn't. We well, this is just like this. It's the bring it home question. There you, you know, go. We're bringing it home. We're almost an hour in. Thank you guys. No, for again, sure. this has been a good conversation. I feel like it's been fun. Um, a lot of laughs. You can tell on the screen on our recording where we've laughed. It's very loud. It spikes. <laughs> it's so it's going to be a lot of editing on this one. Uh, Evan, bring us home. Last question. I guess, you know, obviously we're talking about the shortage and everything. Um, just curious, your your own opinions as far as possible solutions that make the most sense in your mind for getting more people involved. I know we've talked about it a little bit, obviously, but... Is there any specific solutions in, in y'all's mind that you could think of? I know it's putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I guess I wasn't really, I didn't prep ac- adequately enough for that outstanding question. <laughs> outstanding question that I wrote, by the way, for the record. <laughs> Austin, you wrote the question. Yes. Evan just had the chance to ask it. Yes. Um, I think as officials, we have a responsibility, perhaps not a responsibility, even though I feel that. We have an opportunity to um, be an example to those who watch us, to make sure that we're putting off the right vibe, that we enjoy doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and that it looks inviting that somebody wants to be you know, a part of this. I think one of the solutions 
And it's something the IHSAA and the State Board of Education, I don't know if that's the official body or not, but we're starting to actually offer officiating in school as an approved part of the curriculum. I think that's an outstanding, one of the outstanding options that we have to kind of help improve or increase the number of participants because is, let's all face it, all of us would like to think that we could go play D1, D2, you know, play in college. After high school, a lot of the, even a lot of the athletes, that's probably going to be the end of the road, mm-hmm. road for them. They've got abilities, they've got interest in sports. Hey, why not capture that? give them credit in high school, give them the options of looking and seeing what uh, what's available for them and uh, try to pull them into officiating right out of high school or they can do it out of college. Um, so there's some programs already that, that are off, you know, off the ground and, and going now. Um, the whole pay thing, you know, officiating is uh, the last thing that I look at as far as a benefit for me as a person is pay. I don't officiate for, for, for because of the pay. Never have. Um, it's a nice side gig if you want to put it. A side hustle if you want to put it. I don't. That that even that doesn't even side, feel good. Side gig is a side gig is better. <laughs> the hustle thing makes it sound shady. Um, you are hustling. Well, up and down the court. Yeah, yeah you Hopefully, are. hopefully yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, oh, it's a really bad game. Then if, yes. You know, the balance of having fans come and pay to see the games being played can the schools afford to increase their pay uh, i think if there's some way from an ins- to incentivize new newer people to get involved through compensation is is something that has that's always being discussed uh, because you've heard sean uh, you've heard me you know i'll travel two and a half hours for a 75 80 dollar you know Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't do it for the pay, right. but if we can increase pay for officials uh, and get them involved sooner, uh, I, I think are probably some of the some of the quick things that we can do uh, as far as encouraging more participation. Mm-hmm. Sean, he pretty much hit it on the head. I mean, I I think you know one help maybe increase the pay a little bit might help people, but two, I think just all the umpires that we have now just need to do a little bit better job of recruiting others and and telling our friends. And I try to make a point of that, like at work, you know, and people are like, man, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, I honestly love it. Like I would, I tell that to everybody. I really do. Come out and see. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Each one, teach one or reach one. It's like Jimmy said, like, you know, wow, you know, 70, 80 bucks a game. Like we're not getting rich off of this. Like we do it because we love it. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can get them out there and, and like he just said, like, see it. I think that'll help get more people. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, this has been great. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Evan, would you agree? Thoroughly. You yes. better agree. Yeah. 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 If you didn't agree, we would have to stop and re that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Thanks for been, having us on, fantastic. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was great it. to have it's you. It's amazing in. opportunity. I appreciate appreciate yeah. all you all you do for high school sports uh, throughout the year and uh, your support of of officials and you know every now and then we have to kind of respond to some tweets that we see out there <laughs> and uh, what what i do <laughs> <laughs> i didn't point at you specifically mr huff you can just oh mr huff that's my dad come on i'm not that old <laughs> that's the way mama raised me i, I know, try no, to be respectful fine. at times uh, thank but, you mr arnett but what you guys do is you know in promoting both officiating and high school sports is a big part of i think the opportunity to continue to uh, spotlight it and, and promote it Mm-hmm. Sean, you're going to thank us as well? Or? I already did. I, when I first came, yeah. I said I appreciate all you guys yeah, do for our air area. Though, man. Oh, you got to give the on-air compliment. I, I know, honestly do fine. appreciate you guys go to NECC games, you go to NLC, you guys mm-hmm. even go to some NIC. Um, yeah. you know, you're at the colleges, you're at Bethel, Goshen. I, I really do appreciate all you guys do for our area. Yeah, they do travel farther than 25, they, 30 I miles. I know. You guys we, travel further than I do. I've gone to Terre Haute before, Man, no, you know, that's state, definitely out state of my cross zone. country, you know. It's wow. Not to brag. Yeah. I think Evan, Evan went to Phoenix, technically. Arizona. Yeah, it's for Notre Dame's Notre Dame. bowl game. Oh, <laughs> he didn't drive there. there you go. Well, I, I, this has been a tremendous uh, 
I'm humbled that you guys even asked uh, to, to oh, involve lo- me. And Jimmy, you're one of my favorite well, favorite referees in the area, not just on, on the court, but on Twitter. You know, you've always got some good stuff. And Sean, I've I've met you numerous times, whether it be at Goshen College or umpiring games. So I've always enjoyed seeing you. You guys were our, my first two that I thought of. I wanted to reach out to of like let's get that. some yeah, let's get some different sports, different perspectives. Younger guy, older guy, <laughs> not old, older. Wow, that's okay. That's older. all right. I'll have to accept that. There's I always shoot Austin a text when he's at a game and say, "Hey, thanks for coming." Like he came for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey man, thanks for coming out tonight. Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, no problem." Yeah, but see, you're doing that like that coach did for you. Yeah, so that exactly. gave you a five. Yeah, you're doing cream. that to Austin. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He doesn't. Hey, we're still he going to get cheap. Uh, yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys again for coming on. Appreciate this is another great edition of the Goshen New Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week. High school girls golf starts in wow. five days from this taping. Wow. So, believe it or not, here it comes. High school sports season. First official practices for everyone else. August first. It's coming. Are you ready? Are you excited? Trying to be ready. Trying we're, to prepare. Let's go. We're, we're mentally, yeah. we're getting let's ready go. to go. The 2022-23 sports season. And we'll also have some big news that we are announcing oh, yeah. that we will react to I was like, what are you talking as about? well next yeah. week. <laughs> cliffhanger. There's a, yeah. there's a tease. Till then. That's a professional right there. You put that cliffhanger on. He knows. Yeah. Jimmy knows. Till then. <laughs>